0: to hear the wit and wisdom of Denmark and Liverpool legend Jan Mulby as we talk about everything to do with our favourite obsession, that's Liverpool Football Club. So let's start it once again. Good evening, Jan.
2: Good
0: evening, Charles. I hope you're well. I am, my friend. Yes, I am. am. I'm uh, looking forward to this chat because... As we said, just before the microphone live, it's been a while, so we've we'll been a bit of catching up to do in terms of how we're perceiving things at the moment. Um, I suppose the main business to get out of the way will all be European-related, and then we'll have a little chat about uh Tottenham coming up, Um what is that now, two days from now. But first of all, let's react to what is a good news story in a year that has been full of bad ones, which is, of course, the fact that we managed to... Ease our way into that uh, vital last 16 section um, with the way the results went over the last while. Now, not only did we do that, but we were able to do it in quite an impressive way on the last day as well, um, finishing the group on joint top points, which was quite something considering how extreme the praise of Napoli had been and how critical people have been of Liverpool over the course of the season as a whole. So, you'd have to Find yourself, yeah, leaning very much into that as a good news story and maybe something that can start to piece together what has been a bit of a shambles in the bigger picture.
2: Well, so we hope. Uh, I yeah. mean, obviously, and they, I mean, leading up to the game on, on Tuesday against Napoli, and you obviously got people at Anfield on the back of the, the, the defeat against Leeds, and they're worried about Napoli and whatever. And I sort of said, yeah, but I mean this. Even in Europe, there's levels, isn't it? And 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 I still think that even when we're not at our best, I still think we're at a different level than Napoli. You know, we. I mean, I know we call ourselves European royalties, isn't it? But I do think that there's a level. And I always felt that we were probably going to get the best of Napoli at home. Uh, for for long spells, it looked like a game where there was nothing, not a great deal at stake, isn't it? Uh, but but in the end, that uh, it's sort of it's sort of the things that when we sat on the sidelines for a little while in Champions League. It's what we used to watch the likes of Bayern Munich and and, and Barcelona, to teams, isn't it? You just, so just you just get it done, don't you? You know, you had it come to Anfield, and you go, yeah, bang, 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 and send them away again with a defeat, isn't it? Because we're at a different level, we've got lot like more European experience. So as much as you're still really concerned and worried about the inconsistency in the Premier League, we we, we do like like we, we still look like a European team, don't we? You know, there's still, there's still something about that, you think. Yeah, OK, you know, Forrest and Leeds are, are great results, isn't it? But there's, there's just something about our European pedigree that that, that makes me think that, you know, and we're going to talk about who we can potentially draw a little bit later on in the show, isn't it? But yeah, I, 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 I'm heavily leaning towards, you know, the Champions League are going to make a real show again. I'm very much hoping that and
0: have been um, for quite some time that it's going to be the saving grace and for all the reasons that you just mentioned because there is something special about the club in this competition and because there's an intimidating factor as well uh, around the stadium and also if we're being honest Jan, even though we're playing like a shadow of ourselves domestically not necessarily in Europe um, because the record under Klopp has been outrageous you know a Europa League final and three Champions League finals in the small amount of years he's been here that I'm sorry that's bananas people people couldn't have, have 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 dreamed of that when he was taking over it it would it would have seemed too much um to ask for now, of course, there is the feeling and there had been at the start even when Klopp arrived of that feeling of being a little bit of a bridesmaid, you know that we get nearly the, the we don't quite have the big show to ourselves in terms of not winning a lot of these finals there's been quite a lot of finals and defeats in finals under Jurgen Klopp. Um, I wonder, does that play into it a little bit for you when you think about this? Because, I mean, the run and the amount of consistency it takes to make these runs to these massive games, these set-piece games, probably in world football, if we're being honest. Um, and I don't want to denigrate the World Cup but or any other continents, league, but probably in terms of eyes on, it's probably the biggest club game in the world, and Liverpool are there front and centre. Do you ever wonder or catch yourself? Um, because I know I do thinking well, I'm half expecting us to get to that final again. I'm half expecting us to go on this run, it's bad and all as we are. And maybe that in itself says a lot about where the club has come.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the big difference between Liverpool and the other England's, England's teams that are taking part in, in the Champions League at the moment. You know, and I'm talking about Tottenham, Chelsea and, and Manchester City. Hadn't United been in there, it would have been different because I guess they would have felt the same because they also look like a club that belongs in the, in the Champions League and, and they, they, they've they done okay over the years in that. But yeah, no, I do. And, and of course in 2023, we have the final in Istanbul. And I'm not saying it's a given, is it? But already people are saying, oh, I haven't been there for a while. It'd be nice to, <laughs> be nice to be back. You know what <laughs> what <I mean? laughs> and you think, you know, let's, let's draw somebody from Portugal first in the, uh, in the rounds of eight, uh, be, be, be before we go any further, you know what I mean? But, yeah, it, it's just it's just one of those things, isn't it? You know, it's a bit like Christmas comes around once a year, isn't it? And so does the Champions League final. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and the expectation levels are high on both occasions. I, if it's any cancellation to you, man, I uh, played a rare game of FIFA this afternoon. I don't know why Uh, and I beat Manchester City 7-1 as Liverpool in the Champions League final I'm just saying, just putting it out there Uh, so maybe (laughs) maybe that's a good home or maybe that means literally nothing I uh, wanted to chat to you a little bit about the bad side of how things have been going recently as well because we'll return to Europe in a second as we look forward to what's next for Liverpool but unless we address the thing that we keep sort of alluding to we're kind of not doing it the show any services really, at all, and you mentioned the results against um Nottingham forest and um uh of course, against Leeds as well, and how sickening they were, and one of the stats that came away that I came away with yeah um that sort of underlined everything that we've been talking about in a really kind of visceral way was. Yet again, we were outrun by our opponents really, really significantly um, in the case of Leeds. I think it was like a six kilometre difference uh, in total cumulative over the team. And that speaks to something that we've been talking about. And I think most Liverpool fans who watch the game closely and watch the team closely have been talking about. I notice people who don't follow Liverpool just think that we are now suddenly just crap Um And they don't have any nuance to why that is. But for me, one of the massive things that I've noticed is that, I hate to say it, Jan, but it's a lack of effort. And that's their manifest in that statistic about running. And I don't want to make it seem that simple. I understand there are different ways to approach the game, but that's not... Part of the identity ever under club has has uh, 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 has been a lack of effort. We've always had that as the minimum. That's the baseline, and we go from there with the levels of excellence. What do you make of that, and in terms of how that could be addressed? Because sometimes it seems like the manager himself might be scratching his head a little bit.
2: So I, I always get the impression, uh, Trevor, that those words, identity and intensity, has almost come from within the club. You know, yeah. they're the ones. They who, have, yeah, yeah. At some stage, have told us that our identity is and one of our strengths is our int- intensity. And of course, then for a lot of football fans who just casually sit and watch, they latch onto these things, and and uh, it becomes a phrase that you use to describe Liverpool, isn't it? Hence, the reason that we're there, isn't it? So, I don't think it's it's something that we have made up. You know, I think it's come from elsewhere, and they've wanted us to. To see that they wanted everybody to, to be part and understand that what makes Liverpool the team that they are. So I, I, I often speak to a lot of people. um uh, uh, I don't follow the same sort of social media as you do, Trevor, but I speak to a lot of people and we talked a lot about the, the forest and the Leeds game. And, and, and I have a, I have a view on it in that the forest game is part of football, Trevor. You play away from home against a newly promoted team that's struggling. They packed the defence. They hope to get lucky. There's a great atmosphere. i played in games like that, even in seasons when we won the league, and you end up losing those games 1-0. That's part of football. I don't have a problem with that. you know. And, 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 and Manchester City would have run into those games where the opposition just do. The Leeds game is, 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 is different, and that's why I was, I was worried about you stealing my thunder. Because Leeds, <laughs> Leeds, Leeds came to Anfield. Hmm. and they said let's play football let's go toe-to-toe with Liverpool yeah because we know that what used to be their strength is maybe now their weakness so they went let's open it up we'll play a big open game and that was a worry for me you know had they done a forest and packed the defence and played ten men behind the ball and a low block and we couldn't get through you go fair enough but they played toe-to-toe with us and they went you want to run we'll run with you and he did. And you mentioned them, you know, especially the, the, the two American boys in midfield, uh, uh, Tyler Adams and Harrison, who, who, who really skipped past our midfielders at will at times, you know. And, and that is a worry. I know you can point back to stats. I'm not talking about the running, but the chances that we had, and we had a lot more chances than, than, than Leeds, but so we should because we've got a lot more quality. Uh, but there was things in that game that just worries me. And coming back to, you know, this thing about the opposition outrunning us, and it's not something you can hide from, is it? Because it's it's there in black and white and you'd probably be looking at those figures and going, this is this is the kind of thing I don't accept. Has had this been at the start of Klopp's time at Liverpool, he would have changed those players. Mm-hmm. He'd have simply gone, You're not for me, you're not for me, you're not for me because you can't you can't make the hard yards that I require in every game. Now it's sort of after seven years and it's kinda of what do you do? You know, but you have to give him a kick up the backside side so and go listen. Get moving. You know, we had a, it was a big thing at the start of the season. Of Manchester United being down at Brentford. One of the was like almost like ten kilometers. Brentford ran more. You know what I mean? And, that, and they had to put that right, and they have. We're the same. You have to at least match the opposition in terms of your running power. When the when you're running power, it's such a big thing of what you do. I
0: mean, it's that's so true. And 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 without wanting to tread over all ground that people have done on different shows. I think it has a significance when I'm talking to you about it um, with your experience in the game. I've heard people allude to the fact that Klopp has a certain l- run with a club and then, you know, it's time to move on. And people like to look at patterns and see things that might not necessarily be, be there at all Jan. But it is a question that I found myself asking that I didn't think I'd ever ask uh while Jürgen was at the club. And it's a question about, I wonder is there some element of the player group who have started to maybe, if not tire of his voice, maybe not respond to it how they had before. I mean, even people who have famously been tremendous motivators like um, Jose Mourinho, uh, he has a shelf life at a club. Um, Alex Ferguson, to compare and contrast, had the trick of shaking up who it was that stood beside him and around him, who took training, who directed different aspects of the team, who was his second in command. Um, Klopp's had a little bit of a change up there, losing one of his loyal uh, sidekicks and replacing them with Pep and Linders. And I just wonder, like, if we're just to be perfectly honest about it, is there something else? You know, because we're hearing conversations about well, Klopp is responsible for some of this lack of transfer activity as well, so we can't just, you know, put, put it all in the owners. Is this another thing that we have to say? I mean, is it possible that things could have gone stale? Yeah, I suppose what I'm saying in a, in a very long-winded way. I wanted to include that information because I know you can refer to it both as a player, listening to the same voice for a long time, and then trying to stay fresh yourself as a manager of the club.
2: Stale. I, I doubt it because of the way that football is moving. Uh, and, and even the way that, that Liverpool always look to, to, to get new ideas through the doors, you know, and, and, and whether that's, you know, set piece specialist or throw so in specialist or whatever it is that we get through the door. So stale not, but the same voice. Yes. I guess it's a bit like being in a relationship, isn't it? In the first 12 months, you're very sensitive. You open the door for your partner every time the second year, but it's, it's like that trouble, isn't it? And I've experienced that. You know what I mean? Whereas you, you would, you would always be. At a meeting five minutes before I was due to start because blah blah, and then two years later you turn up on time, and then two years later you turn up thirty seconds later, and these are the kind of familiarities that gets created when you're together for a long time. So I was thinking about this today about you know we always talk about Ferguson and the way he managed to keep it the way he did for so many years and when he changed players, and I'm not convinced that he he got rid of the likes of Yabstam or Paulin or whatever when when they were finished but he got rid of them for a reason in that it would just give the dressing room a bit of a shock and it would also create a, a, a new competition in the dressing room so it's when you get rid of some of what we call the bigger players isn't it so we look at a at problem what he's done over the years and he's been very loyal isn't it uh and 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 some of the big players you go in terms of performances there's been no reason to, to get rid of them but maybe sometimes you think in, in terms of just you know doing that little bit that still keeps everybody on their toes and and, and keeps everybody alert, maybe we just need to do something. I mean, in West investment or lack of investment is, is a big talking point isn't it? But I also think that some of the things has to fall on Jurgen's feet. You know, as as well as he's done, there is there is things if you really want to get into it. There's things that he's he's been part of that you can absolutely discuss.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of it is speculation for from our point of view, because there's only so much we are allowed to know about how that whole structure works and the level of input that Jürgen has. And honestly, Jan, if he was to say it in an interview, I'm not sure I'd believe the fella, because it's not that I don't think he's an honest guy, but I think it doesn't behoove anyone for him to be coming out and giving away how things work in that regard so that's yeah you're right that's something that we could look at and yet we can't really say anything definitively about it what we can say is that when it comes to player selection when it comes to uh, the players that he would request you'd have to assume Jürgen has enough juice at the club now that you know he gets his choice of whatever pool within reason that the the uh, committee have selected. And there's been very little movement on that front. And it's biting us on the arse in a big way, Jan, because of the injuries. Um, you put all these things together. And the fact that when you listen to Jürgen being interviewed a few times this season, he did seem a little bit lost. People have started pointing to the fact that there's, sniping and stuff maybe I think someone picked up on Fabinho having to go a couple of times and different players apparently I turned the game off immediately after Leeds but apparently there were some ructions between some of the players I didn't see this so I can't attest to it I mean may, if not stale which, you, which I think you're right in saying and if it is maybe the same voice is there also the possibility Jan, that these lads are just they do need that shake up in terms of new faces around the place. I've heard you say it so many times, talking about the change that that makes in the dynamic of a group when new people come in and it's almost always positive,
2: isn't it? I don't know if you have you heard the, the press conference that Klopp had up, leading up to the Champions League game where he's asked a question about whether the team was in decline. Ah. Uh, and... I mean, we, we talk about how honest can Plot be. He can only be as honest as the world allows him to be, isn't it? So it's limited in what he can say. But I was surprised that he didn't jump down the guy who asked the question. So then go, no, you know, he didn't say, yes, it is in decline either. But I so saw he left the door a little bit open to the fact that in an ideal world, what we got is not what we wanted. We might have wanted to do something a little bit different to what we got at the moment, isn't it? Uh, so, so all those things we talked about before, Trevor. It's not stale, it's not lack of respect, I just think it's human. You know, when you've been together in that environment with so many people, the same people for so many years, you know.
1: Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. Just head over to Anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. It, it,
2: it, 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 something happens and it's not deliberate. I can guarantee it's not deliberate because I was at Liverpool for 12 years and I don't ever felt that any of us did anything deliberate. But when you look back and you think, well, maybe, you know, you could have done A, B and C differently, but you didn't think, you know, and, and I think that's what's happened to our squad at the moment, is it? there's just things that's crept in. And also as a manager, it can be difficult to keep on top of everything. I mean, mm. the one thing he can keep on top of is make sure that the players run uh, at, at least as fast as the opposition is. And I, and I think that will be a big thing for him, isn't it? Uh, to try and rectify that. Uh, whether we have, whether we still have all the tools in the squad to put right the things that we don't like, I don't know.
0: And just to finish on this as a as a topic... I'm looking here at the Premier League table and I see Arsenal sit on top with 31 points, uh, with City um, on 29. Spurs are on 26 uh, with a game more played than both of those uh, guys. Uh, and Newcastle are on 24, again on 13 games as opposed to 12 for the top two. Underneath that, you have Manchester United on 23, 12 games played, and Chelsea on 21 with 12 games played and you have to scoot down to us stand five points before you get to Liverpool on 16. So we're looking at being five points off Chelsea in sixth and even if you assume that Newcastle don't have the legs to last it, we then might be able to tighten it up to being a couple of points off fifth uh, and have to claw those points back and they will be hard won points over the course of the second half of this season or you know Maybe we you know, I don't know how hopefully are, but Tom, we'll talk about that later. Uh I suppose what I'm saying, Jan, in, in a in a in a way that's trying to point out some harsh realities here is that it's gonna be a big ask, isn't it, for us to be involved in this competition which has proved to be a bit of a redemption for us this year. We're gonna have our work cut out to get fourth and, 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 and get in the top four. Or, 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 or am I over egging that? Because we all see what can happen when you put a run, a run together in the Premier League. You can move quite quickly through the ranks. What, what's your feeling on the size of the task that we've given ourselves now with this poor start?
2: I think it's massive, Trevor. I yeah. think it's absolutely massive. And I think it's massive because of what we're watching. Uh, had we continued that one with the, with the Manchester City and West Ham wins, uh, by beating Nottingham Forest and Leeds, add another six points to what we got. You can work it out yourself, Trevor. Then we're right in the mix, aren't we? The problem with that is, give me a reason why some of that won't happen again and you won't be able to, will you? You can't tell me now that we won't drop any more silly punch. You can't tell me that we won't... Here's another problem we haven't even mentioned, Trevor. Our away form. You You can't tell me all of a sudden now that we're going to win the next six ga- games away from home. We We know that that there is a team in, in our squad that can potentially put together 10 wins. But the question is, can we find that form? You know, I, I just don't know. There's so many things where this job we've done for four years to have has been easiest in the world, isn't it? Because it's been so easy to predict and the players never let us down. Inconsistency now, we have absolutely no idea. I mean, these next two games, Spurs away, Southampton at home, and then we get the World Cup for some players to break blah, blah. Then we come back after the World Cup, and what? Can you tell me what's going to happen? Because it's a brand new experience for everybody. So again, nobody, nobody knows you know, what's going to happen. So they come back on the on the 26th Boxing Day, they start again. What happens? I have absolutely no idea with what. 20-odd games, 23, 24 games to be played in in, in a scenario that nobody's ever been through before. So it's, it's all stacked up against us, isn't it? In that I just don't know whether we'll ever get into that rhythm, you know. I don't know whether we we'll ever get into that rhythm of, you know, playing well and just churning out wins and whatever. I just think it's going to be one of those horrible seasons, Trevor, where you've just got to, got to find little bumps in the road that's just going to keep derailing you. Uh, and it's a lot of points that we've got to make up already. The Newcastle one is obviously the interesting one. And the interesting one with Newcastle is because they don't play European football, which there's been other clubs in the past who haven't played European football. But European football has never been played like it has been this season. So it's been a massive benefit for them, isn't it? Maybe a couple of injuries might derail them. But if I was Newcastle, I'd spend heavy in January. Yeah. I'd go, I'll tell you what, we, 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 we've been led into the back door. There's an yeah. opportunity here. Let's, this, this is our opportunity to, to pinch to top four place. You know, also because they'll be looking and thinking, Spurs, don't know, Chelsea, don't know, Liverpool, don't know. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden there's an opportunity, isn't it? So Trevor. We we need we need to see better play, better balance. We also need to settle on what we are, don't we? Trevor? Are we four three three? Are we four two four? Are we four four two? I fully understand. Uh, sometimes I've been a manager myself, and it can be so frustrating, isn't it? But we we we, we got a identity. We've got to find identity again, isn't it? I mean, this is how we play. This is how we best get the best out of players, isn't it? Uh, I'm not convinced it's, it's it's longer four three three. Uh, Four, three, three. I, I just don't know Trevor. But we need to find something that suits the players. I saw some article about, you know, where the players prefer to to, to play. It's 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 where club thinks it suits the players. We have got the best, isn't it? But it's another thing, isn't it? It's another thing that we need to work out. And it's another thing that we won't necessarily solve during the World Cup uh, period uh, because we will have a number of players out there taking part, isn't it? It's a. There's just too many things Trevor that doesn't make me feel let's go. You know, in the past, and let's go. Even with injury, said, let's go. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Everything is just rolling away, way And now there's too many things I can point to and go, I'm not 100% sure about that. I'm not 100% sure about that. You know what I mean? So, top four is going to be a big, big ask. Big ask.
0: I think that Newcastle point is really interesting, especially the, the point that if they were to fire a bit of their obvious uh, wealth at the problem in January, they could really, like you say, Uh, take advantage of a scenario way ahead, probably, off the curve that they were expecting to. Um, I'm sorry, but if they do get Champions League football, I I honestly don't think it'd be Eddie Howe who'd be the guy who'd be uh, leading them into that campaign. But maybe I'm being cynical. It remains to be seen what happens there. One guy... Who's central? The absolutely key to this discussion that you were finishing there. Your point with about are we four three three? Are we four four two? Are we? What are we? Um, one guy who's key to that is our big signing uh, of the summer, who's Darwin Nunes. And one of the heartening things about the game uh, in the week where we beat Napoli to end the Champions League campaign on a high was just watching this guy, as it has been in most of the time that he's been on the pitch. Because for all that he might occasionally resemble a bull in a china shop, and we've spoken about how the guy is obviously doing his best and possibly trying too hard. I know it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's based on something that happens to players. This is a real thing. But Jan, the thing I want to say to you about him is... Like I can't help but love this kid. I think he's absolutely bananas. I think he's as mad as a box of frogs and every other cliche you want to throw at. You see him uh, going over like an idiot when he got a little touch on the face and rolling around. And then you can see him uh, on a corner, shoving a guy once, shoving a guy twice, and then cuffing him around the back of the head with with his other hand in his attempts to get to the ball. This a player who is who has been on the receiving end of the discipline of English football already in terms of the 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 refereeing decisions, it, it doesn't seem to matter. What I like about him is there is that feeling of the unexpected. He's a bit I don't want to say unhinged, I don't only I don't mean he's mad, but there's that almost Suarez factor about this lad could do anything. And I think I like that, Jan. I don't
2: I hadn't seen uh, anything from the game on Tuesday on TV. I was at the game. So I'll okay. I, I talk, I talk about what I saw. And I don't know if you saw, what, I don't know if you see this on TV when we scored the first goal. He thought he'd scored it because it was his, his header wasn't Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. goalkeeper or whatever Then Mo Salah put it in. And actually, in real time, I actually thought that the first header was over the line. And as soon as he's headed the ball and he's bounced around the line, he's took off and he's run. <laughs> he's run like a madman. You know, and then obviously the play has gone on, hasn't it? And Mo Salah scored, and then all the players around Salah, and he's still running around like a madman, all decided <laughs> his own head. I scored that goal about three seconds ago. You know what I mean? So when he came back into the group to celebrate, it was a bit sort of, you know, going, where have you been? And he was like, <laughs> I've just been celebrating. That's my goal, is it? So like, it was, you know, it was, it was really. It's like what you talk about before, and he's mad in a way, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but in terms of a lot of people said, why is he not playing? He's not playing because they were scared of him getting injured. And the, while say, it sounds funny, but the likes of Mo Salah and Bobby Firmino's been here for a long time, they don't get injured, do they? You know, so he's relatively new to it all. So they thought, we don't want to own the risk with him, you know, We he didn't want him to get injured, and that's why he didn't play. But you just saw, and I said it in comments as soon as he came on, I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but something will happen. And it was almost as the game it became a whole different game, didn't it? Yeah. Just, yeah. just because of his enthusiasm. And, you know, the first time he got the ball, isn't He just ran it down. To the byline and put in a cross where Mo Salah nearly got, uh, came in and, and scored a goal. He's just different, isn't it? Absolutely different. And this is why the, it's pointless trying to compare him with, because he is just different. I mean, Lewis Wilde's had a lot of the same things, but he was a totally different animal in terms of technical ability or whatever. This guy lacks a bit of technicality, isn't it? But in terms of enthusiasm and pace and strength and he's got it all, hasn't he? he's he's just a nightmare to play against. I guess some players will probably say he's a nightmare to play with, isn't it? But things happens, Trevor. Things happens, isn't it? I'm a big fan of football where things happens. You know, what do you do? Well, he does something, yeah? It's not always easy to say what it is, but he does something. And I like that.
0: And you mentioned Mo Salah. And I think a lot of us have been waiting and hoping and praying that some sort of uh, dynamic might start to develop there between those two because you can see how it could work as a potential pairing if both of them were more central with a person either side of them but like you say that's a whole different uh, debate about what way club wants to line us up and whether we have the players to be able to do that or not but I do find myself excited about a potential um, partnership and link up there you know we have the game against Tottenham to talk about, and of course, I think there's just derby then, isn't there? This and there uh, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, before before we break up, and is there Southampton as well? Am I making that up? Yeah. No, no, Yeah. yeah. There's yeah three so, games so, so those the, those three games, uh, two of them. I mean, I was listening to the lads on BT, um, and they were basically not diminishing the Champions League result, but saying that well, look, whatever happens here happens here. It's all about Spurs, and in that vein that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, Jan, I felt I was almost enjoying the novelty of us not knowing what to expect Um, because the the pressure of must win every game had had eased somewhat and there was a more realistic attitude coming in. But now on the back of those last two very disappointing results domestically, you find yourself thinking – what you said earlier on, if we don't watch it here, the wheels could come right the fuck off. Uh, And what then? So, just as a final sort of a downer, because it's important for us to talk about reality, what then? Say we are facing a reality, and you've acknowledged the difficulty of the task, where we don't quite make that Champions League um, revenue, which seems to be so vital to FSG, and the money seems to be quite tight if we're going by uh, the lack of comparative lack of spending overall. What 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 then, Jan? I mean, is that is that the end of an era right there, or is that just a real juddering wake up call and cut bills again for the last period of his of his tenure? What what's your good feeling on that?
2: So I'm 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 sure you saw the quote from Bob where he said don't judge us now between August and October. Yeah, Judge us next May, yeah? So that's kind of what you're asking me, isn't it? But what happens if next May is the way the season is heading? Yeah. And the season is heading right now towards no Champions League qualifications, yeah?
1: Hmm.
2: And what you're asking me, what happens then in May, isn't it? That's basically what we're looking at. I'm not talking about the manager position or whatever, but in terms of investment, you know, what happens? Listen, on many counts, we've got great owners, yeah? We can't knock a lot of things they've done. But it's always the thing with fans and lack of investment, isn't it? We won the Champions League and didn't invest. We won the Premier League and didn't invest. Should we find ourselves outside the top four and no Champions League football? What makes you think then there's going to be massive investments? It, it, there's so many aspects of this, Trevor, that I, I can't quite get my head around. It's like people saying... What about January? We have to do something in January. but well, believe me, Liverpool Football Club never plan to do anything in January. I can guarantee you that, yeah? That's never part of the plan. Injuries, well, we've had injuries and, and, and they don't react to really. it. So, again, January, I'm not sure we're going to... So, there's so many aspects of this that really worries me because I think that the next couple of windows decides where we are in four years, never mind where we are next season, you know, because we have to What we did so well, and we got a lot of praise for Michael Edwards and everybody who's around him, and we bought players, and we bought players at the right price, and we bought them with their best years ahead of them. And we had a whole nucleus of our best players between the age of 23 and 28, and you go bang. All that's gone now, isn't it? So we have to get all that back. We have to go out there and find the players before they become superstars. We have to get the average age of the squad down, blah, blah, whatever, isn't it? There's so many aspects. We don't need five or six players. Some people are going, we need, we need, we need, we don't. We just need the right ones, you know, and whether that's two really good mid centre midfield players, uh, let's go. I mean, it's a bit like we, we both, luckily, a lot of people I meet and speak to who've got a reasonable knowledge of the game, they all are all over Davin Nunez. Yeah. They all love it. They can all see what it is, isn't it? And it's nothing to do with Davin Nunez, but I look back and I'm thinking, Was wise to 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 spend all that money on him when we knew we had a massive midfield problem, and it's just to put another one out there, isn't it? You know what I mean? And these are all the decisions and the season that we're having so far. And let's let's say it doesn't get necessarily a lot better. How do we then solve even more questions? You know, it's such a great ride, Trevor. When you're going well, isn't it? You know, and it takes so little to derail, isn't it? You know,
3: it's just bizarre. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast which is every day at 4pm, Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: We have all these fantastic footballers at our disposal when they're fit. You have to hope that some tweaking can happen, that these changes can get uh, can get made and, and, and that that we get back on that ride that you're talking about. Um, Key to that is whether or not we progress in the Champions League this year. I want, I want to spend a couple of minutes just talking to you about the potential for the draw as we have a look at the teams that we can possibly get. Apparently, Porto, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid and Benfica. And you made a casual reference earlier on to how you went my trip to Portugal. Uh, <laughs> <and> I, <laughs> I think Shut everybody. up. We know the way.
2: We know all the bars. <laughs> we know it? the way.
0: Let's go back. Let's go back. And uh, yeah, I, guess, I, I, I guess we're all in concurrence there. Uh, I think the way that these conversations between us have gone over the like, last few years, when we've been getting to final after final and just doing ridiculously well, has been along the lines of, well, we're going to have to beat the best team's anyway so I don't really care who we get in the draw but I'd like the lesser of the options just to help us get along get past and get through and especially in this round here where I think I'm right in saying as the runners up we don't get that second leg at home uh and the little advantage that that can have so uh Every little uh, um, thing that can go in our favor, we want to go in our favor. Bayern Munich, I guess. Whereas I don't know how great they've been domestically. Certainly, um, I, I don't know. I don't know where what what they are currently like in terms of various iterations of the team. I've seen in the past. Real Madrid, again, it's it's there's a lot of very good young, exciting talent, including a fellow called Schumeni. Uh, who I believe we might have been interested in, and then spent a lot of money on Darwin Nunes instead because uh, we couldn't get him. So they have all the best play- they all the best players you can imagine. But Benfica and Porto are going to be no pushovers either. So I mean, it's a simple enough conversation, I guess. Really, yeah, it's one of those two that you want. Uh, of the two, would you have a preference?
2: So. Sure. If, if you look at Benfica and Porto, and, and they do a terrific job, don't they, Trevor? You know, they're selling clubs, uh, and they just keep bringing them in, and they keep selling them. I mean, we took Benfica's best player, didn't we? Uh, yeah. David Dava Nunez, and they replaced him with somebody who's got 12 goals already, and they just have an unbelievable ability. But they're not at our level. They're very good teams, but they're not at our level. They're a bit like Napoli. They just don't quite belong in amongst the European elite. Uh, Off the I think I prefer to play Porto. I think Benfica is a a more dangerous team. Uh, they, they've had an unbelievable season so far in terms of scoring goals and winning all their games and whatever. So I prefer Porto. Of the other two, you're, you're spot on about them. Real Madrid is a bit like two years ago, you look at their squad and you go, where are they going to go next day? I've got Tony Crows, Casemiro and, and Modric in midfield. But they they bought themselves a new midfield, haven't they? All under the ace of 23, 24. Very impressive. If, if, if you had to have Real Madrid or Bayern Munich, I'd prefer Bayern Munich. Uh, Bayern Munich are like us. They won every game in their Champions League group. 18 points for the second year running, but they're European elite, European royalty. It's not a problem. They're second in the Bundesliga. I still find that with Nagelsmann, it's one step forward and one step back. You know, I, 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 and I, I still think they're vulnerable. I still think they're vulnerable in, in, in terms of their defending. They've got some fantastic players. Uh but I still think they're vulnerable. So if I had to pick one. It's also thought we learned last year real much. When they have to dig one out, you know, defensively and they can do that. I don't think Bayern Munich can. So if if we had to get one of them I prefer Bayern Munich. But after four of them, let's go to Porto yet again.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking we we took one of Porto's best players as well, didn't we? So I of mean, of course, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, they, they, like it's 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 it is interesting. It's very very interesting that it keeps falling this way for us uh, and there's a story there regardless if it's Bayern it'll all be, be about Sadio if it's either the two Portuguese clubs it'll be about the, one of those players that we talk and if it's Real Madrid well Jesus <laughs> I mean this this stories right themselves so we look forward to uh I think the draw is on the 7th of November um, so by the time that we're chatting next hopefully we'll get to have a reaction to that and have a few more details to talk about and look the thing that we uh, need to focus on now is what's next for us. So what's next for us in our fixtures is uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, and that is at their place uh, on Sunday afternoon at half for um, a massive game in many respects. And then, like we said, we have the Carabao Cup game on the Wednesday. That will be before we chat next. So we might just mention that briefly in terms of like, what would you do in that situation if you're a Jürgen? Um, uh, I, I know I certainly have a take. And then obviously we wrap up the pre-World Cup thing with the game on the 12th of November against Southampton at home. And We have a show before that to talk about it. Um, so, with Spurs, Jan, um, you know, they're sitting there third in the table. Uh, so, uh, hardly, hardly a, a, a lame season from them there only five points off the top, although they have that game extra played. Um to put it into context as well, they're uh seven points ahead of us. Uh unless on. oh no, sorry, excuse me. They're far more than seven points. Good God. Uh yeah, they're ten points ahead of us, but we have a uh a game less played than they do. Um everyone keeps pointing out our game in hand is against Chelsea, so what do you <laughs> what do you do with that? Uh They've undeniably been a far better team. And when you listen to that, even that simple stat there of 10-point gap, that's worrying. Uh, To talk a little bit about what they've done so far, just for people who mightn't be as familiar as you would have been, um, their last few fixtures have been interesting uh they won in a dramatic way against marseille to go through um in the champions league they have had a 3-2 win over bournemouth in the premier league uh won all with sporting before that they beat uh they got beaten by newcastle in the premier league uh in the game before that 23rd of october and by manchester united uh, 2-0 in the game before that uh, before the previous win on the 15th of October was a 2-0 against Everton. So you take those two little results we just mentioned there in the Premier League into it, they could be so far ahead, so much better off uh, than they currently even are, and really kind of challenging for that top spot. What do we make of them, Yann? What do we make of this uh, evolution of the team uh, under Conte? Um what's what's your impression of them and their danger, man? Apparently, Sun might be injured as well, I'm hearing as well. Uh, What do do, do you think of the the challenge that they pose to us on Sunday? I mean, is it one that you think
3: we can overcome?
2: In in terms of what do I make of Spurs, I generally don't know. I I think it's really, really difficult. Uh, I think if you're a football fan and you want to be entertained, you watch Spurs and you go, they're boring. But I think if you're in football, and you know what Antonio Condor stands for. You kind of go, but that's how he does things. That's how he sets his teams up. Uh, and he gets the success. And having said all of that, they're still amongst the top scorers in the Premier League. As, as defensive minded as they are, they still get their goals because of the attack and talent they have on, on, on show. In terms of the season, I do, however, think there's a pattern developing. They lost against Arsenal without showing up. They lost against Manchester United without showing up. He lost at home against Newcastle, which could have been heavier than the 2-1 defeat. I have no idea how they got a 2 2 draw at Stanford Bridge. So the pattern is that when they play the better teams, they haven't been very good. Uh, and I think that's the big thing for me. We're still amongst the better teams, aren't we? Add to that that Christian Romero, probably the best centre half is out. Sean is out. Richarlison is doubtful and Kolosevsky is doubtful. So add all those attacking. Uh, absentees into it. I'm thinking that Antonio comes already now. will be sitting at home going, I'm going to set us up for a draw. You know, and whether that's, I could easily see them to a playing a three six one system with just Harry Kane up front in zone and six across the middle to try and stifle us. I think he'd be quite happy to take a point. My biggest worry about the game, apart from our Premier League form generally, is that it's away from them. You know, and, and it's been in the killer's heel for us uh so far. It's a it's a tricky game, but it could have been trickier. It's probably a good time to play them. And also they they used like we did in midweek, at least they also had a Champions League game, you know, to 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 to, to play their key players and use some of their energy, as So tricky.
0: They went uh against Bournemouth the last day with three Normally at the back, Davies and uh, Lengley and uh, Sanchez. And then Cessignan and Emerson on the flanks. Um, Skip, Basuma, Heiberg, normally in the middle, and Son and Kane. But with Son not necessarily a feature, it's going to be interesting because last night in the Champions League game um, against Marseille, or Tuesday, whichever it was, uh, they had the same with two of the same guys at the back, Davies, Langley, who I think scored, uh, and Dyer. Cessna uh, on one side, Perisic the other side, Bentoncourt and Hoiberg in the middle, and they had a three across, normally the top, Lucas, Son and Kane. So even just to talk about the shift in in shape and personnel in two massive games for them, that's quite interesting. And it shows a guy who either is very confident in his squad uh, or is very confident in his ability to change up something and still get the result that he needs to get. But it's particularly interesting when you frame it in the way that you did in terms of when they're faced with real challenges against solid sides. Uh, are they going to be able to do what, 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 what they need to do? I have a feeling. As I look at it, I think I know which way you're going to go with this. But do you think, Jan, it's more likely that our inconsistency to date is the thing that wins out in terms of the result here? Or are you feeling that actually there are enough signs of us, even though we've had these hiccups, building back towards something a bit better uh, that we can possibly push on in the second half of the season? Like, I know the answer is you're not sure, but what's your good me on that in terms of when you're trying to think if you had to put a bet on this uh, result?
2: So, Im- immediately, I always think when, when you play Spurs, and you know they're going to defend deep, so you're going to be vulnerable on the counter-attack, which we are. We haven't been able to, to stop counter-attacks. Uh, but then I look and I'm thinking, okay, if they play Lucas Mora, he will then provide us with a problem because he's quite quick, but he's not in good form. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... So my biggest concern, Trevor, is that how do we deal with their low block? They're going to defend so deep; it's going to be unbelievable, yeah. Uh, and how do we deal with that? What does that do to our? Because that's how the game changed on Tuesday against Napoli. We we, we played for last part of the game with, with two strikers. Curtis Jones was asked to play wide right, left, and, and and Bobby Firmino central, that doesn't threaten in behind, and then we took, uh off. Uh, Curtis and and, and Nunes came on and then all of a sudden you've got two threatens in behind Mo Salah and Nunes and I'm thinking where's the room for those guys to threaten against Spurs, it's going to be difficult isn't it Uh, having said all of that it won't become necessarily I think one of those wild end-to-end games, I think it'll become quite a settled game where we're in control, they'll be quite happy to allow us to have 60-65% of possession and see what we can do with that so In terms of that, we will get some kind of control, and I just think in the end, you mentioned some of the defenses Davinson Sanchez, there's a mistake in him, uh, Dyer, Dyer's okay, Davis, is okay, but I just think that they got a right, they got a problem with their right wing back, uh, as, as well, Romero. Uh, sorry, not uh, Emerson, uh, I'm not a big fan of him, uh, so I just think in the end. It's going to be a game that we're going to be controlling. I think in the end we'll find a way of winning the game because sheer because of the amount of possession we will have close to their goal. Eventually, I think we'll find some solutions.
0: I I love hearing that. I think it's realistic and optimistic in the same sentence, and uh, I do, I do, I be very much in agreement with the sentiment there. And you know, the, the absence of Romero. Uh, of the likes of Kulisevsky and Son, uh, possibly Charleston as well. These are going to be a little bit of a factor for them. It's nice to be coming up against someone who's been as kicked in the face with injuries as we have uh, for once. Uh, so there is that to it as well. You do obviously, though, also have probably in Harry Kane, uh, just we have an opportunity just to, to ask you your opinion on this guy because I don't ever remember talking to you. But in Harry Kane, whereas people have their opinions about what he is as a fella or whatever decisions that he's made in his career or whatever. But there's probably nobody better in the league suited to that setup that you talked about. If there's going to be one player that you pick in the Premier League to play that one (laughs) <laughs> but, but, but in front, just in front of a, a six who are more interested in defending, it would be him because he has this outrageous ability to take the ball in, to turn, to lay balls off. It's a really, I think, un, almost underestimated part of his game. It's, he's not just about the goals. He's he's very good in that regard. Um, when you think of him in the pantheon of the 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 Really good strikers that the Premier League's seen over the years. Is he in there for you, Jan, or is it a little bit Emperor's new clothes? Okay,
2: no, no, he's in there for me, Trevor. I know there's people who, who watch Harry Kane and don't quite get it, uh, because he isn't somebody who gets the ball and dribbles past three people and does A, B, and C because of his pace and whatever. He's a cute footballer, a lot of what happens is played in his head, so I, I do like him. It's strange. I don't know if you heard Graham Souness. I think it was on Monday was we talking about Casimiro playing Manchester United and he called him a steady Eddie. Yeah. And, yeah, and that caused a bit of, you know, everybody's going. So I was then listening to a radio program and they were talking about, you tell us who's your steady Eddie. You know, the one guy that everybody thinks he is brilliant but you don't see it. And then somebody actually rang over and said, Harry Kane. He said, I just don't see it. But I do see it. I think he's a tremendous footballer. You know, I think his vision, his, his passing ability, uh, his ability with the instep to, 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 to shoot from distance and let's not forget had it not been for the boy at Manchester City Harry Kane has 10 goals already in the Premier League yeah. that in itself is impressive isn't it you know what I mean so so I get Harry Kane I think he's a super footballer.
0: We'll come back at the very end for your take on how you think that result is going to go and just in the minutes that we have left let's just talk about the fact that we do have this fixture uh, against Derby Um before we speak next, it'll be on the day before we speak next. And I wonder when I think about it, uh, if you would share the same sentiments that I have towards it. And I I am aware that last season we almost won four trophies. We did win two. And I don't want to be disparaging in any way, shape or form. But I don't see how, um, when we have the injuries that we have, that, that is going to be a game that Klopp takes even remotely seriously when it comes to selection. And then there's a the nagging voice in the back of my head that says, we just need to keep winning fucking football games and we need to get a little bit of momentum. And that might be more important than anything. So they're the two things that are going on in my, you know, like I say, non-professional uh, uh, football analyst mind. What do you think when you think of the Derby
2: game? So, I think the big difference, Trevor, is that last year, when it came to these games, whether that was the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup, we had a lot more players available. Yeah. But we also had a lot more players in better form. You know, so we had players fighting to be part of the first team. And there was that feel-good factor yeah. that you get at a football club where the first eleven is... If the first eleven are playing well, believe me, Trevor, that means that everybody's in good form. Because he starts at the training game, so we had that last year, so it didn't greatly matter did it? we could we could stick him in and go, "Go oh, on, it's your turn, I'll have a go, and they were all in good form. We don't have that luxury this year so so Derby, I think really is when we played Derby, if it was down to me, I'd almost start at the bottom of the ones we could play and take them you know, instead of go, the eleven will play against Tottenham for the Derby game, I'll then take number twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I'll almost start at the end and go, how many players can we potentially play against Derby? We've got 30 players available. OK, I'll start with number 30, 29, 28, and work my way up that way. Uh, just not to, to, to run the risk of anything and just see how it goes. I mean, Derby historically is a big club, but they do find themselves in League One now, isn't it? Having an OK season, isn't it? But I don't know. But I just think that all these players... And they have been involved, haven't they? have been sitting on the bench in the, Premier, in the Champions League and Premier League, whatever. Let them play. And if it means, I don't think either was a big fan of giving up a competition, Trevor. Well, I just think that once you're looking at potentially going without the Champions League and the next step in that is, is the finances, isn't it? There's no Carabao Cup that's going to make up for that
0: yeah and it is exciting actually to think about the team that could get put together the likes of batchetage playing and getting a start uh ramsey uh, delighted to find out he's actually real uh harvey Elliott and and and, and his pal um carvalho there's the makings of a very exciting side there. therekelhar and goals obviously um the defense will be interesting. i imagine there'll be at least one old head there but yeah we we'll, we we'll, we' we'll, we'll we'll hopefully be talking about a win there and a little bit of rotation, as you say. And just to finish it, Jan, as we always do, with this game against Tottenham looming in everyone's mind, and we're recording this on Thursday evening ahead of a Sunday game, so people will have lots of time to listen to this show or watch the show and have their thoughts about how they think it's going to go and be influenced by yours. As you look ahead to it, then, what's your gut feel on the result?
2: Well, I think it's uncomfortably unpredictable, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it is, yeah. It, it yeah. is, treacherous in whatever way we look at it, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. whatever the result is on Sunday, you wouldn't be surprised, would you? You wouldn't be surprised if you won, you wouldn't be surprised if we lost the draw or whatever. So it is a little bit uncomfortable, isn't it? But I just think that with the build-up before and the way I can see the game going, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. So I'm going to go us to win 1-0.
0: Lovely. Yeah, a lot of topics crammed in there. Uh, sorry, the stuff coming left, right and centre into my head. And I want to throw it all at you because we haven't had a chat in a couple of weeks. So yet again, I appreciate it very much. So for another show, thanks very much.
2: Well, that's a beauty, Trevor, if anything, when you're not doing so well. You do need to discuss so many other things, isn't yeah. it? When, you, when, when you're doing well, it's like a, you're a bit limited, aren't you? Uh, but here we've got a real open book, isn't it? But have enjoyed it. And let's hope by the time we speak next week, uh, it's on the back of two wins
0: and let's hope that as the season goes on you can get back to some very, very predictable chat from myself and Jan about how we're just winning every game and it's great and uh, there's trophies on the horizon because that's what we'd all love Uh, I've been Trout Downey that was Jan Malby this is Malby on the spot with Anfield Index Pro and we'll be back next week
1: Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop we've gone that extra mile ...when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts... ...sweaters, hoodies and hats... ...to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters... ...all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise... ...and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA... ...to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast... You can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Sports Social Podcast
0: Network.